0: Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender.
2: Welcome to the show, and hey, everyone in D.C., we're getting ready for that gala, the AAPD gala tomorrow night so it's very celebratory in Washington, D.C. for all of us living with disabilities and all those companies that help us so much, which brings me to our guest. Now, everyone knows, we all know, you've heard me say it before, without Highmark, there wouldn't be a bender. So anytime I have a leader from Highmark as my guest, To me, that's a treasure, and this person especially, because she has been a supporter of mine, meaning a supporter of employing people with disabilities forever. She is absolutely one of the best people that I know. She is the Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer for Highmark Incorporated. Nan Duterk, welcome to the show.
3: Thanks, Joyce. It's my pleasure to join you today.
2: Well, it's our pleasure to have you. Now, as I already told you, Nan, everyone hears me talk about Highmark all the time because everyone knows, as I've talked about before on the show, that it is Highmark. It first called Blue Cross of Western Pennsylvania when I went to this then-CEO Bill Lowry and asked him uh, to, to stand behind me to you know found bender and then the next ceo and now the current ceo i mean it truly is a remarkable story so therefore let's tell all of our listeners throughout the country about highmark Nan. if you don't mind giving them a little background about the size
3: and all the services you provide oh certainly Um i'll give them a little refresher course because i know that you have educated all your listeners on highmark because you speak so fondly of us Um, We are a non-profit corporation, and we're licensed um, in the state of Pennsylvania, and also we're a licensee of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Association, so that's our core business. We offer health insurance um, across the state of Pennsylvania, um, primarily focused um, in the western um, and the central parts of um, Pennsylvania as well as um, you will have possibly heard of Highmark, West Virginia, and the newest addition to our family is Highmark, Delaware. So if you have a Blue Cross Blue Shield coverage in the state of Delaware, West Virginia, and or Pennsylvania, um, most likely you will be carrying um, that insurance card will say Highmark on it. We cover about uh, 4.5 million members. Now, not all of those live in those three states, but the majority of them do. But if you work for a, a, a national um, or even an international company that is based in Pennsylvania, you may have Highmark coverage, um, and you'll have that Blue Cross Blue Shield card. We're about uh, nearly $15 billion in revenues. Um, and what's a little unique about Highmark compared to other Blue Cross Blue Shield um companies that carry, you know, the license, um, Blue Cross Blue Shield, is that we're um, highly diversified. We also have a a a national dental plan, and that does not go by Highmark, but that's rather United Concordia Dental, Um, and we have a very large vision um, subsidiary. It's an integrated um, vision as far as it offers vision insurance. Optical stores, which across America are called um, Vision Works, um, is, the, is the main brand. We're actually rebranding most of them. We have over 550 stores um, across the U.S., and we also are the licensee of um, some brands. So if you wear guest sunglasses, those indeed are um, distributed through one of our subsidiaries. So very diversified, um, not solely um, reliant on our health business, um, but all of it is kind of an integral part um, and ties into our health benefits.
2: Wow, you really do a lot.
3: Yeah, we're we're much um, we're much bigger and much di- more diversified than I think folks um, initially um, recognize. Right. Well,
2: as you already heard me saying earlier, you know, about Highmark and how this has been the most wonderful uh, partnership that that absolutely has also furthered a social mission that we both believe in. Um, But here's my question. Every time I tell people this story about Highmark, uh, frequently they'll say, well, why do you think that is? Meaning, why... Uh, why, what was the culture that not only did Bill Lowry stand behind it, but then John Browse and now Ken Maloney and of course you and Debbie Rice and so many people. You know, people will ask me, that's unusual for, for a company to be so supportive for so many years. Uh, why do you think that is? Well, what do you think Highmark's culture, well, what is it about Highmark that has allowed that commitment to go this long through three CEOs?
3: I think first and foremost, when you sit back and, and look at that and the, the real foundation of our culture, Joyce, it's, it's we're focused on doing the right thing. Um, and the employees and our members, um, so those 4.5 million um, health members, the 17 million vision members, um, you know, are so integral and, and part of our culture. Um, we center around, you know, the, the idea and our value system of every hand counts. Um, and so we're constantly, you know, we, we think first about the member and the employee um, and doing the right thing. And, and if that means given those that are disadvantaged um, often um, in the marketplace an opportunity, we're willing to go that extra step. And I think probably some of it initially started way back when a little bit with the nonprofit mentality and that we aren't solely focused on driving efficiencies and that bottom line and profitability um, for each and every move, that we're willing um, to make an investment in our people and we're willing to give folks a chance Um to, you know, prove themselves and give them an equal opportunity, um, the disabled, um, the minorities, um, you know, all, all aspects of the community. And I hear you, but you know,
2: that's rare. Like I, You know, I, I have to tell you, Highmark's known right here in Washington, D.C. and across the country. You know, I wish I could say, oh, yeah, there's 100 companies. For, we're the CEO from the top. They've been doing this all these years, but, you know, I really can't say that. So, you know, what you're saying must just be a real part of all the leaders. I mean, it's just is, is unbelievable. And my only hope is that Highmark will continue to expand. Um, I know in Pittsburgh, for example, um, very hopeful that you will move forward with Allegheny General because, you know, when you expand and you grow, it creates more jobs for people with disabilities.
3: So that's
2: what it's all about. We can't work if we don't have jobs.
3: Yeah, and I think, um, you know, just picking up on that point, Joyce, um, it, it does start at the top, um, but it very, very quickly gets ingrained with that middle management um, and those, you know, future leaders. Um, and, and we give them the opportunity. Um, we may expand their budgets, um, you know, and allow them, you know, to hire um, a couple folks um uh, you know the disabled outside of the the normal um, budget process, um, and then when they sh- they can prove and show you know in, in the workforce that um, it, it's a great experience um, for them as well as you know for the non-disabled um, it, that that grows throughout the company, and then you hear about you know did you hear about you know X Y Z department. Um, and the success that they've had, Um, and then it just kind of grows and becomes part of the culture. So when a CEO changes out, um, it doesn't change the way we do business and it doesn't change the way we operate, and that culture is so well embedded right now. And I think that's that's part of the problem that um, I see across other large organizations is although it starts at the top, they don't really get it embedded Um, into the culture and into the everyday, you know, operations of this is the way we do business.
2: Right. Well, it is a wonderful thing, I'll tell you that. And, you know, because I know, uh, if you don't know, Dr. Ken Malani is the CEO of Highmark. And when I took Ted Kennedy, Jr. to meet him, and Ted told him, you know, you're known in Washington, and this was a few years ago. Now it's Senator Harkin, it's the White House. I mean, he did not realize how unique, sadly, that, it, that you know, there weren't other companies doing it, everything to the extent that you are at Highmark, because Highmark's the only company probably in the United States that people can think of, the next closest is Bear, where where people call us all the time, saying, Oh we 'd like another person
3: not being forced to call us. do you know what I mean? yeah, and you know i I have to tell you that I too was as surprised, and it 's not that just Ken was naive. Um, I was very surprised um, when you know when I first started working with Bender um, and you, Joyce. Um, I, I just thought, you know, this is the way this is the way all companies work, and this is the right thing to do. Um, I did experience a little bit of, um, you know, given um, my personal background and my nephew, um, who is um, in his mid 40s now, um, has been in a, a chair um, since birth with some um, birth defects um and i saw discrimination um you know throughout the past 40 years um and it i just always shook my head and and just thought oh well you know that that's not the way the real world operates um but you know it it, it is very very different here at highmark um and it's it's somewhat sad that we haven't been able to figure out how to take this culture um you know that you see here at highmark and like you said at bear and i know you have it at um uh, CSC I believe is the other um, company that you work closely with and, and just get it um, ingrained into the culture because you have to do that otherwise you're starting like you said all over again with every new CEO right Oh, so.
2: yeah and and it's so hard when you're talking to people to get them over this fear you know ignorance whatever it is because when Senator Thomas Harkin who's one of our big advocates for Americans with Disabilities since the ADA was written, whose brother who was deaf passed away but also has a nephew with quadriplegia, when he sent out nationally to have CEOs come and meet with him, CEOs of companies where they really are hiring people with disabilities. And he had a whole group working on this. And when everything was done, it was Kim Milani, Highmark, Greg Babe Bear, Jeff Broadhurst, Eaton Park, and the two others were customers of mine, but, I mean, in the whole country, in the whole Mm -hmm. United States. It it is amazing to me how far behind we have been. But, Nan, um, why do you think that is? Why do you think it's so hard to break down these barriers with unfortunately, I have to use this word the majority of companies. Why do you think that is?
3: I think a little bit gets back to what I um initially said is that you know we we started years and years ago, Highmark did um, at least I, I can speak for the highmark um, position as a not for profit so we aren't always focused Joyce on um, technology, bottom lines, let's outsource the jobs, let's get, you know, technology into um, you know, replace jobs, particularly in the service industry that we're in. Um, there's so much pressure on how to um, continually do things quicker and faster so you can add to money to the bottom line. Um, and, and I think because of that, quite often you know corporations just don't set aside dollars to say no let's invest in our people let's invest in our communities let's invest in um those that might be disadvantaged um you know and and how can we train them and help them you know be successful um, in the workforce and and add value i mean all along you have to add value to the corporation but i, I think some of it has been just the the profit driven bottom line to shareholders, we've got to constantly cut costs, cut costs, and then when the economy came along, um, it was ne- necessary for everyone to really focus um, on that bottom line. And, and that's probably why you you may be experiencing some slowdown and some support, you know, of getting the majority of the companies on board. Um, that's just kind of my personal opinion, my gut feeling. I don't have any solid, you know, um, facts to back that up, but.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, because it's been like this forever. It's been really hard to break down these doors. Now, may I say that tomorrow night at the gala, Pat, Pat Shu, the director of OFCCP, is speaking, and I know she's going to talk about uh, Section 503 of the Rehabilitation Act, which is the new legislation that will, in fact, have federal contractors obligated to target people with disabilities and their affirmative action as they do women and minorities right now. And once that happens, that will probably be the biggest impact ever on employment, even bigger than the ADA. However, HiMark has been doing this since 1995, since my company was founded. And by the way, everyone, Ken Milani wrote a letter to the Department of Labor endorsing Section 503. I want, and so did Greg Babe. Not very many companies would do that because they haven't been hiring people so they were, would be worried. But that just shows you how different it is at Highmark or to what level it is at Highmark. And I think part of it is also just ignorance. You know, lack of understanding and ignorance. Uh, because they just don't see that people with disabilities would be able to do the job um, you know they're too caught up in the whole pity world. Uh, but you know from your own nephew how capable he is.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. And, and it, it's easy. Um, it's easier for us once it's um, embedded in the culture. And like I said, you know, it's the way we we we're focused on doing the right thing, and it's the way we do business. So it's much easier to expand, and it's much easier when you get down into you know the the deep bowels of the organization to really see um, that um, they're very focused on it. Um, And so it's it's something that's I would be surprised, and it never will change at Highmark. It's just part of our culture. So you just we have to figure out how and continuing to work with bender consulting on how to get other corporations um and you know and sometimes it's a ceo to ceo conversation but really it's it's quite frequently i think more down in the in the middle management um in the good experiences you know that we we've had i've had a couple um just as a sidebar a couple great experiences in my actuarial department um, and now you know we send um, our actuarial uh, managers and directors out to talk to folks when we hear that they're hiring and they're looking at, at, at some disabled candidates and, and you know and we have them talk to them about you know here's the expectations you know maybe the maybe the learning curve might be a little bit slower but we haven't experienced that and we've had really really great results with um, a couple of our employees, um, and and so once they hear that, and they don't hear that the CEO is saying you have to do this, um, it just becomes part of the way we do business.
2: That's right, that's right, and I'm so thankful for that. Well, <clears throat> Nan, you have a great passion for the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation of Western PA.
3: Um, would you mind sharing with our listeners why that is? Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, when you think about um, my passion, you know it, it, it's, it's high mark to some extent, but it's really um, at the core. Um, it's helping the disabled and, and JDRF. And so, why JDRF? Um, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation um, is, is supports um, type one um, diabetics, in um, you know the research and looking for a cure. And um, I met my late husband um, 25 years ago. It was in the late 80s, um, and he was a business associate. And I took him to dinner. Um, I was—he uh, was my client. And on the very first night, um, as we were getting um, to know each other, um, he told me he was a divorcee, had a child, and he was diabetic. And I thought, well, that's a strange way to introduce yourself. And what I found out, um, obviously, we got married um, (laughs) two or three years later, um, and I found out that, you know, diabetes um, is such a crippling disease um, and has so many complications that um, it becomes, it defines who you are. And so Barry's first response to any you know anyone was, well, I am a diabetic um, because it, it impacted you know his life um, to all extents. Um, unfortunately, Barry passed away um, ten years ago this month um, from complications um, from diabetes. And um, you know one of the last conversations we had was, um, you know, don't give up the fight and don't forget about the kids um, and that they um, can have a better life. And so that started my active participation and passion um, for JDRF and trying to um, help them um, fund a cure, um, as well as help individuals deal with the consequences and the complications with um, diabetes.
2: You know, I can really relate to that one part, and, you know, it's such a sad story about your husband. It's a great story how you um, are keeping him really with us through what you're doing, how you continue carrying that torch. The part I could really relate to is when you said he would say, um, I'm Barry and I'm a diabetic, which just is like, I'm Joyce Bender and I have epilepsy. Sometimes it is such a part of you that you know you need to share that with someone, If the, especially if whether it's a friend or someone you want to be in a relationship. It's almost like you have to tell that up front. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, yeah, and it, it defines who you are. And, and, and for those, you know, I'm sure that, you know, when they first meet you, um, and say, oh, I wonder why she focuses on epilepsy. And, and my first thought was like, well, I wonder why he's so focused on the fact he's diabetic um and then you realize that that really defines who they are it's kind of like uh, you know i'm female i'm white um you know i'm i'm a, i'm from ohio <laughs> i'm a buckeye and in this case Barry was you know diabetic and and that just kind of g- approached um that was the way he approached life um because it is you know it defined who he was mhm right you know and a lot of people
2: do not know the difference uh Nan They just know diabetes, but there really is a difference between um, diabetes one and two. I wonder if you could explain that, and also for anyone listening to the show, in case they're wanting to know um, how they could find out more if
3: they just have been told this, if they're newly
2: diagnosed, what advice you would have for them.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Because I do remember, um, like I said, when I first met Barry and he told me that he was a diabetic, that was, I I hate to age myself, but it was before the days of Google. So I couldn't go home and Google diabetic, you know? Uh, So I remember calling my parents the next day and saying, so I had dinner with a really interesting individual and he's diabetic. What do you think that means? You know? Um, So type one diabetes, it's, Type 1 is an autoimmune disease, and it's the situation if you're diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in um, that your pancreas totally stops producing insulin and you need insulin because that's the hormone in, in your body that allows you to get the energy from the, your food and it breaks food down in your system so if you are a type if you're diagnosed with type 1 diabetes that means your pancreas has Completely shut down, it is not producing insulin, and so therefore, the only way to um, continue to break down your food um, and to survive is these multiple injections of insulin, depending on the types of food you eat, your age, your activity um, you know your your body weight um, etc um, so in the olden days, you know you had to test your blood, um, you did a urine sample or or drew some blood to test to see what's the level of insulin um, and whether you needed to take more or less of a shot. So thank goodness we have made a lot of progress um, in this field and they, they now have something called an insulin pump that is continually giving you um, insulin um, into the patient's body, injecting it. But you still have to do the readings and you have to adjust it and you have to say, I'm getting too much insulin, I'm not getting enough. Um, So that's a type 1. Very, very common. And type 1 frequently, but it doesn't always happen, but frequently it strikes in childhood um, or young adults, Um, and it does last forever. So um, there is no cure right now. There is no way to get that pancreas um, today in the research we've done to get it starting to produce insulin again. Type 2 diabetics um, you hear about frequently, and that's a metabolic disorder, and that's when you're still producing insulin, so your pancreas is still producing the insulin, but you but it doesn't use it effectively, so it's not producing enough, um, or it's not breaking down the food like it should be, so it's almost like you're producing bad insulin or, you know, something, so you need to take sometimes pills um, to help the insulin to be more effective. Or to um, replace if you're not getting the volume of insulin your body needs, um, and sometimes you do end up on um, shots and injections and even pumps uh, um, as a type two. So, um, but type two, your 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 body is still producing um, some of this insulin. It's just not being effective like it should be, um, and quite often um, type two is associated with obesity um, and um, Young children and adults. As as we talk about childhood obesity, um, now they're starting to have much more type 2s in the younger children. Um, So if you've just been recently diagnosed with either one or two, you know your first step is really to rely on your physician and your doctor to get um, connected. You know with the right source of information. Um, If you are um, diagnosed with type 1, obviously JDRF. Um, is a, is an awesome organization and is funding just uh you know hundreds of millions of dollars of research um, to find a cure for type one as well as doing a lot of research for complications. Um, and we have a host of programs designed to support the families because like like I said, type one is often in children, so we have to be major support to the family. Um because these young children obviously can't give themselves shots and don't understand, you know, how to really take care of themselves. So, um, you know, if the listeners would like, you know, you can go on to the JDRF.org um, website um, or even a local number if you're in the Pittsburgh area. You know, I can cert- we can certainly provide that. But um, you can find all of that on the website. So that was okay. a lot of information.
2: Yeah, no, that's good. That's good information. Um, And I know I have, you know, we've all heard how there's this onset of type 2 diabetes with young people, which is so terrible, but, you know, things have changed. I always tell people, I'll say, when I was growing up, you know, and you did the wrong thing, my mother or dad would say, okay, that's it, in the house. You have to stay in the house. Now if you were doing the wrong thing, your parent would probably say, okay, you have to go outside.
3: Yeah.
2: Because, you know, it's not playing outside. It's, you know, it's just like nonstop attachment to uh, the computer or the iPad or iPod, whatever it is. And then, as you said, coupling that with uh, poor eating habits, you know, is really having an impact. But hopefully, you know, the United States will be able to do something to stop all of that. But right now, <clears throat> we're going to go to break. If you just tuned in, we are talking to Nan Turk, Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer and Treasurer of Highmark, and a great civil rights leader for all of us living with disabilities. She is one of my favorites. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Nan.
4: Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! A Current Life with
0: Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
4: Tune in to the Hoffman Connection for inspiration, a life of passion and purpose. Hosts Raz and Grossi and Ed McLoon will bring you ways to remove the blocks in your life that are holding you back Along with their guest experts, Raz and Ed will use their experience and expertise to help you learn to get closer to what matters to you most. And by doing so, improve your life and the lives of others. The Hoffman Connection can be heard live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: Hi, I'm Greg Grumberg from the TV show Heroes. The
4: Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station.
0: VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender.
2: Hey, welcome back to the show. We have as our guest today Nanda Turk, Executive Vice President. Chief Administrative and Financial Officer and Treasurer for Highmark. Boy, you have a lot of work to do, Nan.
3: <laughs> That's an awfully long title, isn't You've it? you got a lot of
2: work to do there. <laughs> uh, hey, when we went, before we went to break, Nan, we were talking about uh, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, and we were talking specifically of the one in Western PA. Now, I know that you have various types of fundraisers, but you do have this one signature event called the Rainbow Gala. And this will be the 20th year, uh, which congratulations, and it's on April 21st. How about if you tell us a little bit about the importance of that gala and about the honoree?
3: Absolutely. So the Rainbow Gala has become a Pittsburgh tradition, um, like you said Joyce, over the last 20 years. And we have been able to raise um, over 13 million dollars during that wow. time. And that is not including what we hope to do um, in just a, a few more weeks here to add to that. Um, and each year, um, JDRF honors um, a leader um, for their contributions um, to the community. And this year, um, the honoree is um, Dr. Ken Milani, um, who is our president and CEO. Um, of Highmark. Um, Highmark has been um, a very, very active um, participant um, in working with JDRF over all the years, and not really um, just because of um, my personal passion and commitment um, and my role. Um, they were active before um, I really, um, kind of like the culture uh, of, of Highmark, and like I said, uh, their involvement in the community. Um, but Ken um, has been a, a, a co-sponsor um, and a supporter for many years, um, but this is the first time he's been the honoree, and um, he is just very—he's um, very grateful um, and gracious um, to, in his mind to be selected as the honoree. Um, and he had a quote, and I just want to read it here that um, he shared with the, the, the JDRF folks. Um, JDRF is a special organization with a deep sense of responsibility to help find a cure for diabetes. At Highmark, we believe it's important to invest in the health and well-being of those who live in our communities, and that's why we are very proud to support this year's gala, and, but really m- most proud to support JDRF's ongoing efforts to help people with diabetes live longer, healthier lives. And that last part, longer healthier lives, that is our mission statement. So mm-hmm. you know, it, it it just ties in so very very closely. Um, he is personal friends um, with the first um, honoree um, and actually the founder of the local chapter, um, Stan Marks, um, who is mm. a uh, a doctor at UPMC Cancer Centers.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, he's
3: the founding member of our chapter, and he was um, he was honored a few years ago um, at the gala. Um, uh Stanley's um, youngest um, son um, is a type 1 diabetic. And for all the great and fantastic and wonderful things and advancements that Stan has made in the community um, for cancer, um, you know, his real heart and passion um, is for type 1 diabetics. And that's really how Ken got involved those many, many years ago. But for Highmark, we've always been a supportive uh, supporter of JDRF. And um, we're very excited about the um, uh, upcoming gala. And, you know, um,
2: I know Highmark has always been supportive because, you know, as I, as you know, I founded Bender Consulting in 1995, and it's around that year that I was really getting to know Bill Lowry well. And I remember that was um, a big initiative way back then.
3: Yeah, Bill was uh, Bill's an honoree. I was just looking this morning at the the past uh, 20 honorees, Um and, you know we're trying to do something special that night um, at the event, and um, so I'm sending out letters asking each and, uh, each and every one of them if they can um, attend the gala, and we, we want to recognize them and uh, and just honor them for how important they've been and part of our fundraising. Oh, I think that's awesome. And,
2: you know, so if you're listening right now, just remember, when you are thinking about purchasing um, that next iPod, iPhone, or, you know, a a new dress or a new gizmo of some type from Best Buy, I want to remind you that a donation to an organization like this can help save a life. And I always tell people, what is there more important than that? I mean, it, it really, there isn't anything. And that's why I think this is so important and so wonderful uh, to support this cause. I'm all about disabilities, and guess what? This is a disability. Um, okay, so, Nan, how about research? How can someone help fund that? I mean, what goes on in that area? Absolutely. So,
3: Um, although this year's gala is a complete sellout already, um, in Pittsburgh, um, we do have galas in, um, all the major cities, um, around, you know, the country, um, that you can find by going on to, um, the website, um, but... You know, we have more than just the gala. Um, we have events throughout the year, golf outings. Um, big, big um, fundraiser for us is a family outing, where all of the the kids with um, type one can get their families and their friends um, to come together. is Is the walk and the walk in the Pittsburgh region and, and as well as Greensburg, um, Pennsylvania, is actually September twenty second, where we have walk teams um, and to raise money. Um, so you can write a check, um, you know, and send it in um, to JDRF to support, support um, 85 cents of every dollar. um goes directly to fund research, um, and there's a lot of really exciting things going on um, in research. Um, or you can um, participate um, in, if you have a duly uh, newly diagnosed um you know, diabetic um, in your family or a loved one, um, you can get involved in the local chapter and in, in some of these fun family outings, um, the walk events or golf. Um, different uh, different chapters do different things, but those are the three primary ones um, across the country. Um, and as far as research, I'll just tell you real quickly: um, a lot of advancement. Um, in international. So our, our board, JDRF, is an international board because, um, quite frankly, sometimes um, we can r- um, advance the research quicker on an international basis than we can get it through all of the regulations and um, everything in the United States. So we have made a lot of advancement um, internationally, and we're about ready to get um, a lot of this um, approved through the FDA on something called the artificial pancreas. So remember, I said the pancreas mm. is what um, produces the insulin. Right. Um, in an artificial pancreas, your first thought is it's going to be some, you know, uh, machine living on the outside of your body, you know, for producing insulin. But re- what it really is is it's taking advantage of that pump that I was talking about, mm-hmm. where the pump um, continually um, uh, inserts um, and injects insulin into your body. So it takes advantage of that pump and then through a computer system, um, it actually is continually testing your blood and saying, oh, um, my blood system says I have too much insulin, so slow down this continuous um, injection. Or I was just really bad and I just ate a piece of chocolate cake and I shouldn't, but I did. Um, And so it's going to automatically read and say, oh, I need more insulin to start breaking that food down pretty quickly. Um, So all of that today, um, an individual has to test their blood, look at the reading and say, oh, I need to adjust it and manually adjust it. And there's human error. And so this artificial pancreas um, will essentially be operating as your pancreas um, through these computer programs of reading your blood and um, increasing or decreasing um, that flow of insulin into your system. So it's pretty awesome. Wow, that is great. Yeah. Well, yeah. see,
2: that, that's the kind of things that can happen when you're able to do research. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, Absolutely. Um, we are still obviously, you know, there's still lots of um, arenas of research going on trying to find what exactly is the cause and how do we cure it, how do we stop it, um, but in the meantime, you know, it's really how do you make a better, longer, healthier life as a as a type 1 diabetic um, through this um, artificial pancreas is the real focus right now.
2: Wow, well, that is awesome. Uh, well... If people are interested in this, can they just go to the website to read more about it? Yes, yes. Okay.
3: JDRF.org.
2: JDRF.org. Okay. Now, um, Nan, it always amazes me how really awesome you are. You have just been a great leader for the entire city uh, of Pittsburgh and now nationally with how uh, Highmark has really – diversified in how you have become so well-known in Washington, D.C., for the work that you have done. And so everyone has to have someone that impacted them in some way or another in their life. I'm wondering, who was your role model?
3: My role model was my dad, my father. Um, He, It's kind of like how we talked about the culture um, and the foundation of Highmark. You know, it, it builds who we are. Um, I think I was, you know, built um, and heavily influenced, obviously, by my parents, but, um, you know, my father was um, self-employed. He ran a funeral home, so we lived in a funeral home, and um, my mom went to work every day, and so it was kind of dad and nan um, hanging a lot, and he had a a true, true, uh, unbelievable influence on my life. Um, He... You know, never viewed me, um, you know, as a woman, as any disadvantage for that. You can do whatever you put your heart to um, and whatever you put your head to. And, you know, he had a true passion for his work. And, and I, I saw that in, in, you know, in the way we were raised um, in our family. It was you have to have a passion. You have to believe in yourself. And you have to believe um, in those that are disadvantaged um, and quite often in the little town I was born and raised in, you know, we had a lot of poverty and a lot of folks that were really um, on hard times, and he treated them absolutely no different, um, you know, than the, the high society folks, um, you know, and, and helped them to the extent they can, they, that he could. So I think that's the way I was raised, and that's always been my approach. Well this is why I always tell people, remember that there is a child watching you.
2: And you don't realize it, but those values, those things you say, how you live, has such an impact on someone growing up and, you know, that person may end up, just as with Nan, doing really great things. And with that, we're gonna to go to break. If you just joined us and you're saying, oh, I wish I would have heard this whole show, remember this show will be archived at voiceamerica.com and at BenderConsult.com, so you can go back and listen to it or tell a friend. But right now we're going to go to break before we come back to close the show with Nanda Turk, EVP and CFO of Highmark Incorporated. We'll be right back.
4: Every week, tune into a new kind of radio show. Kerry Douglas returns to the Voice America Talk Radio Network, along with Voice America's network director, Brandy Jackson, for the Mr. Kerry Douglas and Brandy V Show. We'll step inside the minds and lives of everyday people with a focus on how their faith has developed and led them along their personal path. Kerry Douglas is an artist, promoter, writer, and industry mogul. But his mission is deeply rooted by his faith. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Spender.
2: Hey, welcome back to the show. We're talking to Nan Turk, the EVP and CFO of Highmark Incorporated, and I think we have a caller on the line.
1: Judy, are you on the line? Yes, I am, Joyce. How are you doing? I'm good, Judy. How about you? I'm doing very well. Nan, good. how are you doing? Great, great, great. Uh just want to thank uh, you and Highmark for everything that you do in the community. Um, I don't know if you're aware that uh, Deb Rice is on our board of directors. I am. And, I am. And, uh, the Epilepsy
2: Foundation in
1: uh, Pittsburgh.
2: Epilepsy in Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. Right.
1: And uh, she's a wonderful person to work with, as, you know, most everyone, not most, I haven't met anyone, that I... Have ever had a hard time with it? I don't think at at Highmark you have a a very good um, uh, organization, and and you have happy people working there, which I think is 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 so important. Well, Um,
3: it's 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 part of the culture, you know. Like we were talking, Judy, um, you know, to be successful at Highmark. Um, you know, you, you you have to remember that um, the member um, in the community are are just as valuable and, and most important, and the core and center of what we do. Absolutely, and
1: if every company could think that way, wouldn't we all be in, in, in a good place? So this is that uh, for sure, right? So, are you? You're, what is your involvement with the uh, the Rainbow Gala? Are you involved every year?
3: Um, I am, I am. I, I went on their board of directors of the local chapter here in Pittsburgh um probably about two, set five, six years ago.
1: Uh-huh.
3: Um, and then I started um being on the corporate chair um uh, or the corporate committee and then I chaired that for several years, um, which is really trying to get the all of the corporations in town um to be supportive. Um, of the gala that evening, and um, now as I was just telling Joyce when we were on break, um, July 1st I'm going in as the chapter president um, for a two-year period. um okay, in, in Pittsburgh. Uh,
1: Thanks. Uh, well, I, I, I have to tell you, you know, when, uh, when I was first doing uh, my gala, which is the Mardi Gras gala, and um, and and uh, Diabetes was doing theirs, the Rainbow Gala. Uh, we were sort of on even footing for. Um, how much money we raise, but you guys have gone above and beyond in your ability to raise money for research at the Rainbow Gala.
3: We have, we have, and how, and how have
1: you done? That? <laughs> <laughs> Give me all of your secrets.
3: <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I think it's um, diabetes is such um, a large um, influence um, uh, across the communities. Um, you know, it, it it's it hits, unfortunately. Um, I think a broader population. Um, and you know, at Highmark, um we're very, as you know, very supportive of all um, organizations that are, are are trying to better um, you know the community and the members and the citizens' lives. Mm-hmm. So that's why we are so supportive of epilepsy, um, you know, diabetes, et cetera yeah, um, it takes a lot of passionate, passionate parents, I can tell right. you. Our board um, and our set of volunteers um, are just incredible. Um, and, and it's because they're living with this twenty four seven. they're, you know, setting their alarms, um, you know, getting up in the middle of the night and testing mm-hmm. the blood. Um, one of the executives here at HighMark, John Paul. Um, oh, I know John very well. Yeah, John's son, um is uh, his middle son is a, is a type 1 diabetic. And, you know, nobody knows, nobody, you know, he doesn't talk about it that much. It's not something you wear on your, your sleeve.
5: Mm-hmm. But John
3: gets up every single night for probably the last five years, about 2 o'clock. He right. goes in and wakes Andrew up and tests his blood and just makes sure everything's okay and then, you know, goes back to bed. Right. And that just becomes the way of life. And these parents are just so passionate and so focused. Um, well, because you, they,
1: you know how yeah. that is with parents. Well, yeah. you, uh, as you can well imagine, with epilepsy, it's the same thing. You know, some parents, uh, are on 24-7, uh, duty with 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 their children because, you know, they want to be awake 24 hours, somebody to be awake 24 hours a day in case someone would have a seizure while they were sleeping. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm well aware of, of, you know, that passion that parents have, uh, a little bit of an unfortunate part. Well, but you this, know
2: what? Hold on there. We're going to have to, uh, Suddenly, up. you're really popular, Nan, because we got another caller on the line. <laughs>
1: okay, yeah, Okay, well, Nan, they, uh, congratulations, and thank you so much for all the work that you do in the community, and congratulations on on a job well done uh, as, as uh, you know in your community service. And I just want to thank you for for the, all of that, everything you do. Oh, thanks. Okay,
3: take <laughs> care. Okay, hey,
2: th- thanks, Judy.
3: Mm-hmm, bye-bye. Okay,
2: we got another caller on the line.
5: Nan this is Tony Quello I just wanted to call and join with everybody else who's saying congratulations and all that you do and and for so many different people and and I'm excited that uh you're going to join us in the epilepsy movement and help us out as well so I love you and I think it's fabulous that you're uh joining us uh to help us as well and everything Absolutely that, everything absolutely that everything that Highmark has done uh, for us and having you personally involved, I'm really, really excited about it and I love you for it. So,
3: Thanks, Tony. You I, know, you, you've been a, a key pioneer on, on helping the disabled and we, we wouldn't be where we are without you.
5: Well, thank you. Uh, uh, we need people like you uh, helping us out and you've been uh, just absolutely wonderful and I, I loved listening to the accolades you've been getting here and the difference you've made uh, in the lives of people. i That's my whole thing. Uh, you know, my my ministry is really trying to make a difference in the lives of people with disabilities and uh, loving and supporting those people who help make that happen, and you're definitely one of those. So, I'm excited uh, that uh, you're getting involved with, with epilepsy as well as everything else that you've done. So, I think it's great that you're going to get on our board and and be helpful there. So I think it's fabulous, and I just wanted to call and personally let everybody know that that is uh, going to happen and that we're excited about it and, and just how much I love you for all that you do. So.
2: Okay, great. Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks, Tony. Hey, Tony, I'll be seeing you shortly.
5: Yeah, I'll see you in just a couple hours. All right, Tony. <laughs> all right. Thank Thanks, you, George. Bye-bye. Thank you, Nan.
2: Uh-huh. And in case you're wondering, as you can see, Tony really wants Nan on the national board,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a recruitment tool on the on the air <laughs> a recruitment tool your
2: Your nomination already went in, but I guess that nomination is taken care of with Tony quello. We have recruited Nan for the national board. See, I was keeping that little secret, but
3: yeah, you I was going to say. Likes you. Yeah, he's either confused or Joyce and, and Tony haven't told me about something. So yeah, I, would well, we in the end, I would be honored. I would Apply
2: her resume to the nominating committee, and as you can see, news travels fast.
3: <laughs> That's great. That's great.
2: Uh, but you know, a co- uh, for him to call in and say that you truly is a great uh, statement about you because not easy with Tony. Right. Right. So, Nan, look at all you've done. You've done so much in your life. Um, It it is amazing to me. But if you had to tell me what you consider your one greatest accomplishment, what would that be?
3: Well, your listeners would probably not believe this at all, but I had jotted down a few notes, um, obviously, before I, I came on the air with you, Joyce, and i I wrote down my exact words um, were what Tony just said. I said, "My greatest accomplishment is is I think I have made a difference in some folks lives. Um, so my greatest accomplishment is not being promoted to cFO of a major corporation um and it, and it, it's it's none of that, but it's being able to mentor. Um, the young people, um, either within Highmark or those that have a disability or disadvantaged, and try to make a difference in their lives and try to help them, give them uh, a little help because they need it. Well, that is a
2: great accomplishment, and yes, you definitely made it. You have you have done that, and we hope you keep doing it. Uh, and Nan, before we leave the air here, do you have a message you would like to leave with our listeners?
3: Absolutely. Um, uh, it, it's, it's the theme we've talked about for the last hour, and it's all about having passion. Um, you have to have passion in your in your life, whether it's um, you know at home um, and it's a hobby, whether it's volunteerism, um, whether it's passion for your work um, and trying to add value and do better um, or making a difference in people's lives. Um, that that's you know part of um, what I tell all the young folks here at HighMark when I'm mentoring them and, and trying to help them how to get ahead. You have to add value, but most importantly you have to have passion. You have to believe in what you're doing. You have to have fun. Um I'm a big believer in fun. <laughs> um but it all comes back to passion.
2: Oh, that is so true. Well that fits with every show we end with a quote by someone that has a made a difference in the world. And today that quote is from Mother Teresa, who said if you can't feed a hundred people, then feed just one. And isn't that what it's all about? Nan, thank you so much for being with us.
3: Absolutely. Thanks, Joyce.
2: You've been listening to Joyce Bender with Nan Duterk on Disability Matters. And this is Voice America